0: Our scripture reading for this morning will come from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1. 1 Peter, chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, and I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. Peter... An apostle of Jesus Christ to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls we're beginning today a study in the letters of peter first and second peter and i'm not making any promises about how long it'll take me <laughs> to get through this are you a homebody do you like to travel By plane? By train? By car? Are you an RVer? Is your passport port current? The title of my lesson this morning is Straying Pilgrims. Peter starts out with those that he addresses. He says, this letter is to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. That is modern-day Turkey. If you look on a map, all of those are listed within the confines of what we understand today to be modern-day Turkey. Why would Peter address this letter to those who are aliens? I have written out on the marquee, exiles, aliens, strangers, pilgrims. On the flip side of the marquee, this world is not our home. Though these Christians are scattered into a land which is not theirs necessarily by heritage, but by persecution, he mentions even in today's reading the various trials that they are experiencing. Peter's writing a letter to them acknowledging uh, that they don't feel at home necessarily where they are but encouraging them in their faith to continue to trust in God, to those who reside as aliens. Turkey is a country composed of about one-fourth of the population of the United States. There's 85 million people in Turkey, 335 million in the U.S. The size of Turkey, however, is one-thirteenth of the land size of the United States so it's a more thickly populated than we are to say the least modern day turkey has very few christians in it of that 85 million only 300,000 are considered christians and of that only 8,000 are protestant now that's a pretty small percentage of the people in Turkey in modern-day Turkey. I'm not sure how it was during the time that Peter writes to them, but I'm sure the Christians were way outnumbered by those of other faiths, even idolatry. What is it about God's people and being strangers or pilgrims? King David even wrote a thousand years or so before Christ in First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 15. For we are sojourners before you, and tenants, as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no hope. That sounds a little bit discouraging, doesn't it? (laughs) We are sojourners, and this world offers us no hope. Well, this world is not our home, is it? Where is home for you? Is Buena Vista, do you consider... VV, your home? Are you just passing through? Perhaps you've been here for a while, but you always have in the back of your mind, I'm going to return to. Where is that? Christians have a hope that is beyond the physical, don't we? But there's a reason that we are here. And as we look at Peter's letter, specifically these first nine verses today, we understand that providence is involved. In the fact that we live where we do. Why are we here? Because we are chosen by God to represent Him wherever we are. According to the foreknowledge, verse 2, of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with His blood. It really doesn't matter where we live, as long as we live for God. It's how we live that's important, isn't it? You look at the children of Israel, and we'll have a devotional this afternoon, Lord willing, emphasizing the pilgrimages of various fathers of faith, Abraham and Joseph, the prophets. And we'll see clearly that God's people are not root-bound. They're not anchored to a locale. And in fact, they do their greatest work whenever they are connected to God first and foremost. Here, Peter says, we are chosen by the foreknowledge of God. It has always been God's plan for his people to look forward to heaven. Why? Because heaven is our home. This world is not our home. No. Here, we are but straying Pilgrims. Turn with me to hymn number 469. 469.
1: Here we are but straying pilgrims here. Our path is often dim. But to cheer us on our journey still, we sing this wayside hymn. Yonder over the rolling river, where the shining mansion tries, soon will be our home forever. And the smile of the blessed giver gladdens all our longing eyes. Here our feet are often weary on the hills that throng our way. Here the tempest darkly gathers, but our hearts within us say, Yonder over the rolling river, where the shining mansions rise, Soon will be our home forever, and the smile of the blessed giver Gladdens all our longing eyes. Our souls are often fearful of the pilgrim's lurking foe. But the Lord is our defender and he tells us we may know. Yonder over the rolling river where the shining mansions rise. Soon will be our home forever and the smile of the blessed he gladdens all our longing eyes.
0: Just beyond the river, a mansion awaits, doesn't it? Here in this world, if we keep perspective as we should, and as Peter is encouraging us as he's inspired by the Spirit, we'll see that this world is not our home. We're just passing through. But that doesn't mean we are a people without inheritance. No, we've been chosen by the foreknowledge of God, which we will emphasize next week, starting with verse 10 and following. It's preplanned, this salvation that God has made possible for his children. It's our insurance policy through Jesus Christ so that we might look beyond this life to the next, set apart Sanctified by the Spirit, God always intended for mankind to find himself in God's Son, Jesus Christ. To be able to be forgiven of his sins through Christ's blood. The 4,000 years of sacrifices was all in anticipation of the holy sacrifice of the Son of God upon the cross. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with His blood. Then in verse 3 he says it was all part of God's plan for us to be born again. Born into the family of God. We know G- that Peter emphasizes this later on in chapter 3 of First Peter. Verse 21 Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you, not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Once again, the resurrection is referenced. Why? Because it's bringing the dead back to life. Paul has said in Romans 1 and verse 4 that Jesus is declared to be the Son of God with power through the resurrection. Heaven is not available to those who have not been raised or born again in Christ Jesus. But through the resurrection, we have hope. Verse three, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So let me ask you again, where is home? And why are you here in this location at this particular point in time? We'd all agree that sometimes we end up in places we didn't really plan to be. Circumstances quite often are beyond our control. Do you feel like even today maybe you're living where you don't belong? In Christ, it all changes because we don't focus upon our earthly existence, so much as we see what is in store for us eternally. Look up. Look beyond today's trials. He says, oh yes, we suffer at various times. Verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. There's an acknowledgement, isn't it? on Peter's part, through the Holy Spirit, that life is not always easy, that it doesn't always keep us comfortable or measure up to our expectations. But these trials have a purpose. I may not understand why I'm going through what I am, but God does. Yield not to temptation. Trust in God. That's the lesson we have to learn in spite of what we suffer, remain faithful, remain true to him. Why? He says it's like a purification process for gold, and we understand that the fires that gold goes through makes it purer, even though gold is perishable. We suffer through various trials or the fire of life in order to be proven true for all eternity, so that the result of our faith, if we'll but remain faithful, can result in the praise and glory and honor at the time that Jesus Christ is revealed to us. I look forward to that day, don't you? Do You think it's going to matter where you are in the world, whether it's in Turkey or in the United States, when Christ returns, when the trumpet blast is heard and Christ descends on a cloud? It's not going to matter, is it? What's going to matter is where your heart is. Is it lodged firmly by your faith in Christ Jesus, having been sprinkled clean by his blood? Whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. What's Peter encouraging those that are scattered throughout a foreign land? They're like resident foreigners. Legal immigrants, certainly, but still ones that are oftentimes more like refugees in a land that doesn't claim them, in a place where they may feel like they don't belong, at a time when they're suffering because of their faith. That's true today in modern Turkey. Uh, Erdogan, the president of Turkey, just recently uh, reiterated that he was going to protect Christians. Why did he have to say that? Because... There are times when they have suffered through great persecutions, if not periods of annihilation. This world is not our home. David said, looking at God's people, even hundreds of years after the time of their pilgrimage down into Egypt, their wilderness wanderings, being in the land of Canaan for Maybe as much as 400 plus years, he still said, what? For we are sojourners before you and tenants, as our fathers were. Just imagine with me for a minute the difference that makes in one's attitude about where one lives and the life one is experiencing. If I can accept that we are nothing but passing through we are but pilgrims tenants as it has been for generations for those who are walking with God and striving to be his people there may even be a great blessing in not feeling at home in this world because we know when we get too comfortable we can be also calloused cold to the callings of God. Do you like reunions? Times whenever you get to go home, "quote unquote, be with family, truly home is where the heart is." And when that family is in Christ, oh, it's a great reunion, isn't it? As Peter closes out this section we're studying for today, he says, "We need to look forward with grand anticipation to the time when we are reunited." with our Father and with our Savior. Look again at verse 7. So that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen Him, you love Him, and though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. We walk by faith and not by sight. But because of that faith, Peter says, anticipate the coming of your Lord. You haven't seen Him. You don't see Him now, but you will. This sounds an awful lot like Paul as he encourages those who are beginning to question their walk with God because of loved ones that have gone on before and thinking that those loved ones have missed out because they've already passed away. As Paul told them, he said in 1 Thessalonians 4, you're not going to precede those who've fallen asleep. When the trumpet blasts, when the call comes, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive will be caught up together with them in the air. How does Peter describe it? as a time of praise and glory and honor, inexpressible joy, full of glory. I'm not sure I spend enough time anticipating Christ's return and what that's going to be like, how that will feel, to be caught up in the air, to be with my Lord forever. Just imagine that scene for a minute as you rise, leaving this earth behind, not by rocket propulsion, (laughs) not traveling to the moon, but traveling to meet your Lord and Savior in the air. As you look down upon the earth, I'm sure that that will be possible. Do you think it will resound within your mind and heart, this world is not my home? I'm just passing through. What sense do you get from what Peter is writing here? Does he know his audience? He knows they're his brothers and sisters in Christ. Does he know that they are suffering and not necessarily feeling at home where they live? In Pontus and Galatia and Cappadocia and Asia and Bithynia? I think so. And it could be that some of them have been raised in those areas and converted to Christ. We know that happened with? The Apostle Paul, as he traveled through the regions of Galatia and established churches. But the sense is that they've been scattered to those areas, perhaps by persecutions. We think that Peter was, this letter was probably written in the early 60s, maybe around 62. And that's during the reign of an emperor of Rome who was not kind to Christians. His name was Nero. Nero reigned from 54 to 68. We know from church history that it's during this time, Nero's reign, that Peter is martyred. That the Apostle Paul also dies. As we finished up in our study of Acts, we understood that Paul probably ended up in Rome about the time, maybe a little earlier, that this letter is written. Peter even references Paul's writings in his letter. They're familiar with each other. They are both, after all, apostles. What's remarkable from the standpoint of an earthly point of view of authors is how similar they are in their themes. How is that? We know why. It's what Peter has just said by the sanctifying work of the Spirit in verse 2 of chapter 1 by the foreknowledge of God, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ. All Scripture is inspired by God. And so as we look at this, we'll see things from a little different point of view, of course, than what we have seen with Paul in his letter to the Romans. But as we look at Peter, I want us to specifically think about what it is that Peter is outlining, the thing that he is describing for Christians. This life is but a pilgrimage but we can have courage because of the hope that has been set before us. If we'll but trust in God, our faith in Him will deliver us because we've been sprinkled with His blood to a living hope to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Have confidence in your walk. Where is home? Why are you here? Do you experience circumstances beyond your control? The key is to resolve to be faithful. To anticipate a grand reunion. Here we are, but straying pilgrims.